My name is Marcel Hall, and I'm a minister, and my wife, Karina, we've been married now almost 18 years. Wow, I don't know if that was a good wow or a bad wow. Hopefully that was a good wow, like, Marcel, y'all look so young that you must have got married when you were 13. No, that's not the case. But yes, we've been married now almost 18 years, and uh, we have three kids, uh, two daughters, 12 and 11, baby girl, baby doll, and my son, baby boy. What did I say? 12 and 10. There you go. 12 and 10. You have to forgive me. I've been sick, it feels like, for two months now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I haven't slept in about three months either as well. I need some prayer. David, please pray for me. Okay, we'll see if you're a righteous man, okay? And see how my prayer works. Uh, or your prayer works if I sleep tonight. So, 12, 10, and 4. Yes, amen, I got that right. He'll be 5 next Sunday. Okay, all right. So, baby boy, that's Dominique. We'll go in reverse order, Desiree and Sanaya. And uh, again, I, we need all the prayers we could get, okay? Because those who know my kids, look, you, you nod your head a little too much. Uh-huh, we know your kids. Just pray for us, please. The house is active. I was talking with another family yesterday. Sorry, I'm going on this tangent here, but this is just how it is with me. And I was like, man, our house is active. And then I asked the guy, we're at the swim meet for my daughter. And I said, how many kids do you have? He says, five. I said, well, I'll be quiet then. <laughs> because if you got five, okay, then I, I can't say anything. He's like, yeah, it's pretty active. But anyhow, uh, you know, we've been uh, at... Uh, we've, been at the, we've had the privilege, it's coming and it's approaching about two decades almost of being able to preach the gospel. And so I'm excited to be able to continue to preach the gospel this morning. And so I want to ask you maybe the biggest question that has been asked for ages. No matter what country, what the culture, this question has been asked and it's been asked by every one of us at some point. And maybe we believe we've had the answer, we're still searching for the answer, or we've been convinced of the answer, but here is the question. And the question is, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? And really what we're asking is, why did God create us? Why did God create you and me? You know, there's all kinds of answers. If you go on Google or, or, or whatever it is, or you go on Bing, tell me y'all, like, what's Bing? That's Microsoft's version. That's the one I use. I'm sorry. I'm like one of the three people that use that. Okay, all right. And so if you go on any search engine, you type in, you'll find all kinds of crazy answers. You'll kind of find all, all you'll find kind of answers that, that are ridiculous, some that are thought-provoking, but many of us have asked these questions. Maybe we had a philosophy class or in school or just talking with somebody, and we've heard some things that are obviously wrong, or we've heard people humbly say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. And so many are searching for meaning and purpose through college, through jobs, through money achievement, through dating relationships, through good old classic TikTok. Let me just say something real quick, quickly about TikTok. There's a lot of good information you can get on TikTok. I, I like TikTok. Did you, I learned how like, to properly put in a trash can bag through TikTok. Did you see that one? Man, check that one out. That one's cool. You're like, oh, I've been doing it wrong my whole life. But you don't want to depend on TikTok for the meaning of life. And now, there might be some people that say something good, but just don't depend on TikTok for your life saving and meaning the purpose, okay? 
Now, some here and some online, you will probably say, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm confident that there are many in here who will say, I do know the answer to that question. So then the question would be for those of us who would say we do, the question is, do we still believe it? Or maybe the question is, are we living like we know what the meaning and purpose of life is? So we are beginning today a series that we are calling Made for More, in which we're going to explore and discover God's plan for our lives. And we're going to look at several aspects of life and see how God has made us for more. Even when we think about relationships, how God has made us for more than what we think when it comes to relationships. Our significance, we all want meaning and our life to matter. We see how God has made us for even more than we can think or consider. And maybe the one I'm looking forward to the most is talking about how God made us for more than just money, sex, possessions, and titles. Come back for that one, amen. Lord willing, I'll be able to preach on that one. And so we're going to start off today by looking at how God has made us for more. And so this will be a little bit of an introduction, so a little bit of a general look at the things that, and so we might repeat a couple of things here over the next couple of weeks, but we want to really discover, and not so much our personal, what does he want me to do, but what has he made all of us for? What is the general idea and desire? that God had when he made us. And so we're going to study this for the next several weeks, church. And so let's go ahead and let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you so much for this chance to get into your word. God, I know I'm excited about what you have uh, uh, been reminding me of uh, over the last couple of days. And God, I pray that you will not only inspire, but you will ignite in us a desire and a conviction about why you created us. And God, how we don't want to settle for, for less, but God, we want to really be aligned with your will and live out our true purpose. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. First thing off we have to understand here, before we can talk about being made for more and different aspects of life, we have to establish the very foundation, and that is this, that God created us for his purpose. You and I, all of mankind from the beginning until the end, we were all created for his purpose. Let's look at a couple scriptures here. Colossians chapter 1, and in this passage here, we won't have enough time to read all of it, but it's talking about the supremacy of Christ. And it says, for in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have, be, have been created through him and for him. Did you catch that? For him. Let's go on over to Ephesians chapter 1. And this is talking about the riches and treasures that we have of being in Christ, meaning we're in a right relationship with God through Jesus. It says he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. 
we jump over to Revelation 4, we get a glimpse of, uh, of the heavenly scene, and it says, You are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. We are created for his pleasure and will. We are created by his will. We are created for him. And so this is so pivotal in understanding our purpose and our meaning in life because if we veer from that, we're going to get messed up. And what this reveals here is this, that it's not about what we were made for, but who we were made for. It's not about what we were made for, but who we were made for. You see, we weren't made for something. We were made for someone. I'll say that again. We weren't made for something. We were made for someone. And that someone is our creator, our God, the ruler of all creation. You know, I love the quote in the Purpose Driven Life book. He says, we were made by God for God. We were made by God for God. Revealing here again, our very existence is for God and his purpose. What he deems, what his will, and what his pleasure is. That's our very existence. We are made for him and not the other way around. Did you catch that? We are made for him and not the other way around. You see, God is our creator, and we are the created. Creation's purpose is for the creator. Let's think of technology for a second. We all have phones or laptops or whatever it is. Those things were created by man for man's pleasure and will, correct? But some of us, we switched it, and we're a slave to our phone, aren't we? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? But those things, were made, those things were made by man for man's design, pleasure, and will. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So we are made by God for God's purpose, pleasure, and will. Let's pause on that. How does that make you feel? Take a note. We're going to write down. Honestly. How does that make you feel? Happy? Sad? Sad? Offended? Disappointed? Excited? Grateful? You see, this question hits at our very core. Because usually, when we think or study, read or discuss or learn or listen to, when we talk about purpose, it usually starts with us as the starting point and the destination. We start with us and the destination is somehow us again. You know, there's this psalm that I love here. It says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. 
You see, we don't have to necessarily even be quote-unquote wicked to be able to relate to this. You see, when we start off thinking about our purpose, we always what? We start with us. What do we want? What do we like? What do we desire? And how will it what? Benefit us. And we exclude or crowd out our creator, who's actually the one who designed and made us, with his specific purpose in mind. And so when we start with us, we go in the wrong direction. And so that means we need to start with God so we can start off on the right path and remain there. You guys get me? Like marriage or a family. I mentioned my family and marriage earlier. Let's say I started with the purpose that, you know what, Karina and the kids, yeah, they're there to serve me. How do you think that's going to go? He said, good luck. Yeah, good luck. If you know Karina, you know that ain't going to go well for me. Think about it. If I go, you know, I want to get married so that it will help me in my taxes. It would. I want to get married because it will provide someone to comfort me, to be there for me, to love me, to help me. Do you see something consistent in my thinking? Where did I start? With me? Where did I want to end up with? Me? So if I start with my kids, oh, I can't wait to have kids, because guess what? They're going to do all the chores. You better hurry up. Come on, Dominique. Boy, you can vacuum. I know you can't lift that thing, but you can vacuum. Yeah, I might get served, but long term, there's going to be a significant problem, isn't there? But also what? I'm not actually going to achieve what I even desire because there's going to be frustration and challenges that will prevent even what I want. So again, when we start with our purpose being about and for us, we're starting off on the wrong path. And we're never going to end up to even to the good things that we desire. So this is why we must remember we are created for God's purpose. So I go back to that question, how does it make you feel? If there is a little bit of a rumbling or a, a pause, a hesitation, or a, 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 something that might be negative, I believe that we would come to that state or conclusion when we might consider God to be somehow in his character or nature to be either bad or, simple terms, mean in some way. Like, I would be fearful or hesitant to want to follow a God if I think that he is somehow mean, bad, corrupt, or unjust. So therefore, the idea of being made for his purposes, that doesn't sound too appealing. But here's the thing. We have to remember God's nature and character. 1 John 4 says it twice, that God is love. It doesn't say that God has love. It doesn't say that God is even loving. God is love. His very character, his nature is love. So there's no need to fear, be sad, because that's who he is. So let's think about this for a second. If God is love, 
and we were made by God for God, then we can easily rephrase this and come to this statement that we were created by love for love. Marinate on that for a second. We were made by, we were created by love for love. Because God is love. We could also say this as well, that love created you for love's purpose. Is that still scary? Is that still disappointing? Is that still somehow, wow, I have to relinquish all of this for love? Again, we're not talking romantic love. We're talking about love in its totality. So let's remember this purpose for a quick second. Church, are you still with me here? Let's remember, what is love's purpose then? What is God's purpose? Well, we know there's several things, but the main one, the first one, the greatest one, is a relationship. It's for us to be relational. Relational with each other, but most of all, relational with our creator. Let's look at what Jesus says. He's asked this question, teacher, what is the, what, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The greatest commandment that Jesus reveals is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Basically with what? With everything. Now when you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, what does that do to you and God and your connection to each other? Comes together, doesn't it? But it's not just we come together, there's the most intimate and depth of relationship. So, in essence, what Jesus reveals, the number one desire, the number one thing that God has in mind for you and me and our purpose and our very existence is to have this loving relationship with our Creator. For us to have depth, for us to have intense love and devotion and loyalty, that's love's purpose when love created us. But some challenges come in our lives. Would you agree? I see Chris nodding his head. Yes, he is. Some challenges. Here's one challenge or one problem that occurs is when we don't view our relationship with God like this, but we start to have the uh, Aladdin and Genie relationship. Y'all remember Aladdin? Some of you do if you don't. Man, the movie's been out like 30-plus years, okay? So I'm going to spoil a little bit for you. Look, just go ahead and watch it, okay? All right? It's 30, you're 30 years late, okay? All right? But so we know from Aladdin, right? Aladdin, he begins, you know, we can't get to the whole thing, but Aladdin comes up on the little, what's that little thing in the jig? The lamp. There you go. All right. Come on. Hallelujah. All right. The lamp, right? He's got the lamp. The genie pops out. He's supposed to get three wishes. Now, during this time, they start to build a friendship where the famous song comes, right? You ain't never had a friend like me. Can we go ahead and sing that afterwards, amen? I do want to sing it, but you know my nose still a little congested, so I feel like I can't hit that note, all right? 
So anyhow, so during this time, they have this relationship. They're building a friendship. But now Aladdin has what he thinks he wants, even though he's been lying. He has what he thinks he wants. And then it gets to the point where he goes back on what he promised the genie. He said, with my third wish, I'll set you free. But when the time comes, he, he goes, I can't do that. I need you to be there so that I can have what I want. And he's hurt by this. I thought we were friends. But Aladdin's heart is exposed. No, 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 we're not really friends. You're just there to serve me, to give me what I want and desire. We can view God as one who is there like a genie to grant us our desires and wishes. The one who is to serve us. Instead of us being created for him, he's created for us in our purposes, will, and pleasure. And so he's supposed to give me what I want and pray for. And whenever I go and I do my religious thing with my religious lamp, Therefore, God is supposed to come and say, I'll grant you your wish. But then what happens when he doesn't grant you that wish? Get bitter. We get bitter. Well, God, why didn't you? I did this. You promised this. Why? Because our view of God is he's supposed to serve us. So now the Christianity thing, I don't know if it really works. I don't know if his promises are true. You know what? Maybe I'll quit and leave God so I can get what I want. I will make it happen. And you relate it all. Again, it can lead to also say, you know what? I'm still, I know this is right and I can't leave it, but you know what I'm going to do? We don't say this consciously, but we say it subconsciously is I'll hold back some of my loyalty. So I'll still come to church. I'll still go ahead and clap. I'll still pray. I'll meet up with people. But I'm not fully devoted because you haven't given me what I think you should give me. So we can have this view. We can also have this kind of view in our relationship with God. This is, I know some of you are like, what is that? There was this thing called an ATM machine back in the day when we used cash. Remember those days? So here's the cool thing, all right? So maybe it's this section over here. So this thing called an ATM machine, right? So you would take this card, you would put it in, and it would give you money back, right? Coolest thing ever. You know what I just discovered? I'll be honest, I'm, I'm telling on myself. Like two years ago, I found that you could actually deposit money in there. Too. I didn't even know that, I'm telling you. I only had withdrawals, okay? You know what I'm saying? And Creed was like, just deposit. Like, what do you mean you can deposit an ATM? I was going inside the bank. This is crazy. Sorry, again, I, I'm going on a tangent. All right. So what happens when we view God like an ATM machine? It's a transactional, transa transactional relationship. You see, at ATM, you don't sit up here and talk and have a conversation. Hey, ATM, how you doing? You would look foolish. You know this ATM serves a specific purpose. There's a transaction that takes place. Either I make a deposit or I have a withdrawal. And so we treat God like this. We go to God, I'll give my deposit, I'll give my prayer, I'll give my offering, and I expect a bigger withdrawal. 
I'll go to you when I'm in need. Oh, I'm in need, God. My life's a mess. So let me run to you. And as soon as God gets it, you're the ATM. I'll go to you when I need you. But when I don't, so there's no real relationship. The transaction. And this gets in the way of us fulfilling our true purpose. And we don't experience life to the full the way Jesus says we would when we follow him. And I've had both of these in my life. We used to watch a lot of health and wealth preachers growing up. And so we would see this and I think, yeah, you know, God should bless me. Or I'd run to God when I needed things. Or I said, God, you, you, man, I, I've heard all my life how you're supposed to bless it. Let me, let me claim my blessing. It was all about me and my purposes. This is why it's so vital that you and I, we remember that we are made and created for his purpose. You guys get what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? We're created for his purpose. We're made for someone, not something. We have to remember this. We have to accept this. We have to understand this, and most of all, we have to embrace this because we're not serving and worshiping and following a God who is mean, unjust, and cruel, but the God who is what? Love. Love created us for love's purposes. And here's the thing, Christianity, our faith, but honestly, just it's the world. It makes more sense when we have the vantage point or the viewpoint and the lens of we're made for God. Even take our worship. When, when we realize that we, we embrace, hey, we're made for God, then worship actually becomes about God and not about styles and preferences or selection of songs. Not talents, but me experiencing and worshiping my creator. Our peace, our quality of life, so our peace, joy, a clear conscience comes from living for God and living in response to our relationship with God. So our quality of life is viewed differently and experienced differently. Even if we think about our priorities and our daily life choices, what we realize and embrace and follow that we're created, then we're actually aligned and directed on the right path. Instead of having the wrong view of living for ourselves, we get aligned with our true purpose. And instead of veering, we go right into the middle of the path of eternity. And so as we conclude, I have two questions here for you. How has God ministered to you today? Take some time today to go ahead, reflect on it, answer that, pray about it. Have a discussion over lunch about it. And this next one here as well. So what steps should you take next? How is God minister? What has he said to you today? And what do you believe is the next step? Again, we are made for God's purposes. It's not about what we were made for, but who we were made for. And it starts with a relationship with God. And if you don't have it today, whether you're online or you're here with us today, I'd encourage you to seek help. 
And trust me, the brothers and sisters here in the church will be more than happy and more than willing to help you to discover and have a real relationship with God. For some of us, it's time to get back to treating God like he's our creator again. Not as an ATM and not as a genie, but as the one who loves us and created us for relationship. And others, as you reflect on this, you may rejoice. May you are experiencing this. You are, you, you are living this out. You can testify to it. Then hallelujah, here's my encouragement. Then go and share that with others and help them to have it as well. So rejoice in it, but then bring somebody along with you. We'll close out in Colossians chapter 1. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things that be created through him and for him. Brothers and sisters, we are made for more. 